and welcome. This is Alia from Alia Yoga, and you're listening to What's Wellness, a podcast that focuses on aspects of wellness that are both personal and individual, as well as universal principles. Today, I have a very special episode for you about psychology, especially as it pertains to children and teenagers. I interview Dr. Parker, who believes that asking for help is one of the most difficult things to do for yourself or your child. She wants to help parents strengthen their relationship with their children and teenagers. She's a licensed clinical psychologist. Dr. Parker's goal is to provide a safe space and build strong therapeutic alliances with all of her clients and their parents. She makes each treatment plan unique in order to fully capture the individual needs of the child or teen and facilitate lasting change. I think this is so important, not only in the current moment where we are experiencing still the pandemic of COVID-19, but also in the future as we navigate what happens next. I think it's very important to establish a trusting relationship with our children and also to have someone else that a child can go to speak with who they trust and know will be able to help them, that they can confide in and also learn from. A leader in her field, I'm so excited to introduce you to Dr. Parker. Hang in for just a second and after this quick break, I'm so excited for you to hear this interview. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have Dr. Parker with us for the conversation piece on today's What's Wellness podcast. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Parker. Can you start by introducing yourself and telling listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yes, my name is Dr. Danielle Parker. I am a licensed clinical psychologist with a specialty in child and family. Um, I got my undergraduate degree from UC Santa Barbara in psychology and then went straight into my graduate school, Alliant International University here in San Diego, and got my master's and my doctorate in clinical psychology as well. Um, I've been working in the field for the past 10 years, mostly with children and families. The past three years, I've been working providing psychological evaluations for children, mostly with ADHD or on the autism spectrum. Mm. And then last year, I just opened up my own practice where I'm providing individual therapy, family therapy um, for children, teens, young adults, and a lot of parent guidance as well. That's amazing. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Thank you. Where are you located for your private practice? My practice is in Encinitas. So you're local. Yep. 
Super cool. So this podcast is called What's Wellness, and I'm curious for you from two different standpoints, one being how you take the best care of yourself individually on a personal level, and two, what you provide for these children, teenagers, and also for their parents that help to promote wellness in their lives through your practice. Yes. So for myself, it took a lot of self-discovery to figure out what makes me feel my best. And I've learned that I'm a very routine person, and I function much better if I wake up around the same time every day. I do some sort of activity, whether I go for a walk or run. I've been really into YouTube workout videos now, um, and then I eat breakfast, and then I kind of begin my day. And then I also need to know that I can't work until crazy hours into the night. I need to take that time to kind of decompress um, before I go to sleep. And then I do also need to get a lot of sleep every night. Mm. So that's how I kind of take care of myself and make sure I stay well to be able to support my clients. And then for my kiddos, um, I spend a lot of time building rapport with my clients and in that time I get to know them better and what makes them thrive and what I can do to promote their wellness and our relationship together Um, and I just kind of use techniques that cater to them whether it's art or music or play and I just kind of um, emphasize their own strengths and I think that makes them a better person altogether. I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing, especially for children and teenagers, because everybody needs someone who they can have rapport with and trust and who's going to meet them where they are and also help to lead them and guide them, but who is a trustworthy adult. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And can you tell me a little bit about the difference between what you provide for children and teens versus the work that you do perhaps with their parents? Mm-hmm. Yes, so with my, my younger kiddos, probably below 12, I do a lot of interactive therapy. Like I said, play, art, music, and in that space, I'm giving them lots of reinforcement and space to try things and to fail and to realize that they're still going to be okay if they're not perfect Mm -hmm. um, and build up their confidence and their ability to create relationships with other people. Um, My teenagers, kind of the 13, even to 25, they're still in their adolescence. um, It's really about my relationship with them and them being able to trust me. And I always say I just like to be a mirror for them so I kind of sit there and just let them talk and talk and I just make statements so that they can see you know who they are the choices they're making and they can kind of discover which route they want to take and just find themselves in that way and then I kind of support them while they are stumbling and trying to figure out who they want to be Um, and then parents um, I work a lot with them on building their parent toolkit. So being able to know which battles to pick, um, what behaviors to reinforce, what things to ignore, and then just touch base with them either every week or once a month 
and really reinforce the work that they're doing so they feel more confident in their parenting and how they're raising their children to become these amazing um, human beings. It sounds to me like you really take the time to listen to these young people. And I wonder how that translates into their lives with their parents. Do you talk to the parents about being better listeners for their children and learning how to teach their children based on how the child or teenager successfully learns? Oh, yeah. I've actually had to do this with my own parents as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always tell parents the two main things, if you can't remember anything, the two biggest things for a parent are to reflect and validate, which simply means to essentially restate what the child, what your child says to you, and then to just validate how they feel. Wow, it sounds like you're saying you had a a bit of a tough time with your friends that must be so hard for you and that's really all kids want and it just makes them feel heard and then they're able to process it lots of times as adults we want to fix everyone's problems especially parents it's very uncomfortable when your kids aren't succeeding or they're having a hard time and we want to fix that for them but really what they want is just to know that you heard them and you feel what they feel and then when you start to do that these kids, they can fix their own problems and learn how to deal with everything themselves, and they feel more aligned with their parents. That's so amazing, and I think that is it reflect and validate that even adults need that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I actually have semi-trained my partner to do the same thing when he has no idea why I'm getting upset that he's not responding to me in the way I expect him to. And so I've had to tell him different things in my life too. Like, this is what I need you to say when you respond to me and then I'm okay. I won't keep bothering you because I'm not getting the response that I want. It's so amazing that you can communicate that with your partner. I remember when I first started dating my now husband, I, he has, um, not away with words. He's um, very Mm -hmm. good with his hands and building and construction, but he's not as much of a creative as I am. And so I would interpret his language into my language. I remember I used to text and say, hey, I'm on my way. And his response was the letter K. And in my head, I would interpret his K as yay, exclamation point. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. A lot of times we kind of get caught up with communication in if someone loves me, then they should know. But really it's on us to tell other people how we would like them to respond to us. And we can't really hold that against them if we haven't communicated that ourselves. It's so true. I told him once, you know, I interpret your language and put it into my language because I'm much more colorful with words. And I said, I turn your K's to yay's. And ever since then, he texts yay to me um, usually Uh a couple times a day. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. And then meeting someone where they are, because you can't expect someone who's not very strong with communication, who wants to try and make an effort, but maybe doesn't have the creative aspect of using words in 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 such a creative way, but meeting them where they are and just working towards a happy middle line where you both feel 
like you can communicate honestly and be heard. So I'm curious for you, especially right now, um, we're still in the middle of this pandemic and hopefully things start to turn around for the country and for the world soon. But in the meantime, a lot of parents are home with their children. And even though it's a blessing to be able to spend additional time with family members, it could also easily drive people nuts. So is there a takeaway, some tools that you can offer for listeners who have um, kids home right now that maybe can do some exercises on communication and, and listening and reflecting and validating? Yes, I actually send a couple of my parents who've been asking for um, some recommendations. There are a lot of really great family games, even on Amazon. That's actually where I get a lot of my therapy tools. Um, a lot of family communication, openness, question games. There's this really amazing um, self-esteem building game on Amazon that I love to do with kids where they're kind of building a tower and they have to answer certain questions, usually about themselves or their family. Um, so I, I recommend a lot of those games. The Ungame is amazing where it's just a lot of open communication, simple questions that kind of get conversations started. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I've been recommending for parents, which I also get on Amazon, um, are behavioral charts or star charts. Um, and they have some really creative ones. I have some neat parents who will create their own, you know, whatever works best for them. But just so kids can kind of have some visual and they look at, okay, these are all the things I need to do each day. And if I do, you know, most of them or all of them, then I'll get my Roblox time or my screen time that I really, really want. And that kind of gives parents um, more structure, and then it gives the kids independence and they feel good when they accomplish all the tasks that they need to do themselves. So I think those are the, the main things I've really been hitting to parents. Oh, another thing that is really amazing during this time are gratitude journals. Oh. Um, and they're just really simple journals. Again, sorry, I keep <laughs> praising Amazon, but it's so simple right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have simple prompts for kids that they can write each night and you know, they have them for all ages. And they'll just say, you know, what was my favorite part of today? Or someone who did something kind for me. Or draw a picture of your family. And kids can kind of do that and get in the hang of it each night. And then I can review it them during the week. Or their parents can review it with them. And it just kind of gives some insight into what the kids are going through, too, during this time. I love that what you're talking about has to do with promoting self-expression and getting to know oneself and being able to communicate how you feel and what you're going through. I wish there was more of that when I was a child, and I don't feel like there's much of that necessarily in the schools right now. Do you agree? Is that changing? Um, it kind of, for me, it's dependent on the child. Um, mm-hmm. Some schools seem to be doing a really great job at this transition, and they're kind of keeping the same school track, and the kids are able to see their teachers and their classmates and really enjoying that interaction. And then some other schools, I think, are struggling more with the transition and how to make it work. And the child. I have some children who are ecstatic that they're not in school and that they can be at home with their parents all day and do school from home and be more creative. And then I have other kids who are really sad and miss their friends and their teacher and being able to go to school and socialize there. So it does kind of depend 
on the child, I think. Absolutely. I have a question for you, and I'm curious about the age range for this question as well. With regards mm -hmm. to exercise for children, is there an age yeah. where you would recommend for wellness practices, for even um, team-style sports, for that kind of building relationships and learning how to be a um, a responsible winner and also a responsible loser and and know that you know it's not about win or lose but showing up and doing your best what do you recommend for children and exercise right now oh yeah myself and one of my colleagues we are huge on diet and exercise and that doesn't mean you know cutting out every single sugar or everything if some parents want to do that i Okay, go ahead. That's amazing. Um, everyone has their own choices. But just being able to have a well-balanced diet and at least 30 minutes of some kind of activity, you know, jumping on a pogo stick or scootering, whatever they enjoy doing, it makes a huge difference on their wellness and their mental health. Even adults, I think, especially during this time, we're much more sedentary than we're usual to, we're usual to be. Um and so just getting out there and being more active has a huge impact on your mood and your well-being each day. It's so important for children and for adults to move your body, to exercise, to build strength physically and also mentally and emotionally. This is the time where that's most important, I think, now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. And there. There are some children, most children I do recommend trying to do some kind of structured peer activity just to try and see how they do. And that can be sports or Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, um, dance, choir, band, whatever it is, just some kind of structured activity with peers that does give them, starts to build their social skills and their confidence. Beautiful. So I really only have one more question for you, and that's with regards to what everyone's going through right now with COVID-19. I imagine there's a lot of fear or anxiety for children, and of course for adults as well, but how can we answer questions for kids and be honest and communicate what's happening in the world, but also not instill more fear? And for example, the reason I ask this question, I have a nephew who's six and a half and his dad, my brother, explained a little bit to him about COVID-19 because his school is shut down and he can't hug his friends the way he used to and he can't touch certain things the way we used to just touch everything on a shelf or what have you. And so my brother sat my nephew down and explained a little bit about what's going on. And my mom reflected to me, she watches my nephew, her grandson, usually at least once a week. She said that Porter, my nephew, said, Nana, can we do this thing? And my mom, his grandma, said, no, honey, not today. And he said, Nana, is that because of coronavirus? And she said, yes, mm -hmm. sweetheart. So how do we communicate what's happening in the world without instilling more fear or anxiety in our children? Yeah, I think it also depends on the age. I know a lot of my little ones, they call it the germs. Mm. Um, most kids, at least even six, they know coronavirus, they hear it everywhere, or COVID. I think the best thing is just to be honest that there is this um, germ that can hurt people.
people just like when we get sick. And so we just have to be more careful to not spread this germ. Um, and I think it's more about how we are responding as adults. You know, we're really modeling how they feel. Um, so I think if we're, you know, smart, we take precautions, but we're calm about it. Um, I think they will know, okay, I have to wear a mask when I go out or I need to wear gloves or I need to wash my hands when we get home. But it doesn't make me anxious doing these things because I see my mom doing it and she's so fine doing it. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you. I really appreciate your responses because I personally don't have children, but I love kids and I, I sometimes nanny. And of course I have my nephew who I adore. And I really think that wellness is a practice that begins in childhood and the more education and the more opportunity that we have to listen to and communicate with and reflect with our children, the more integrated they will be as teenagers and into their young adult years. And I think the better equipped they'll be then as parents, perhaps in the future. Definitely. Definitely. I completely agree with that. So, Dr. Parker, before I let you go, can you let listeners know how they can get in touch with you and if there's anything else that you want to share about who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, I have my own website. It's drdaniellparker.com. Um, you're welcome to email me at drdaniellparker at gmail.com. And then my phone number is 858 I am trying to be as open and available to everybody as possible right now. Most of my practice is online, video chat or phone calls. I offer a free consultation just to see if I'm a good fit and if I can help or if I can point you in the right direction to someone who can help. Mm. But I really do just want everybody to know that I am here to try and help as much as I can. Thank you so much. And it sounds like Being available for your services online means that someone from a different place in the country or in the state can reach out to you for help, especially if they have children or teenagers that they're wanting to navigate more seamlessly through the highs and lows of life and raising kids. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And I've learned a lot from this conversation. And listeners, I hope you have as well. If you have any questions for Dr. Parker, I'll link her information in the show notes. And I'm really excited about all that is happening in the wellness and also industry of psychology where we're working to make the next generation healthier and stronger, both physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically, and spiritually. So thank you once again, Dr. Parker. Yes, thank you so much. It was such an honor to have Dr. Parker on the show this week to talk about wellness in our relationships, especially for families with children and teens. I learned so much about how she's helping families, especially with communication, and the conversation reminded me how important it is to treat others the way we want to be treated. You know, the golden rule that we were all taught growing up. We all need to feel heard and have a safe environment with someone that we trust 
where we can be vulnerable and share what's in our hearts, even if it's challenging. To be both mindful in our communication and also continue to develop strong listening skills and provide empathy for those who trust us enough to communicate what is in their hearts. So if you're someone who wants to feel heard and experience a level of communication with the people that you love and trust, then be that same thing for others and lead by example. Be a sounding board rather than always thinking about what you have to say next. By taking a moment to just listen and absorb what it is that someone else is communicating to you and then reflecting that back to validate what it is that you heard that person share and how it made them feel is such a beautiful communication skill. But just like anything, treat developing this skill like exercising a muscle. Be consistent and put in the effort. I think reflecting and validating is an important aspect of being a good listener. And yes, children need that, but adults do too. Make a commitment today to practice being a good listener and also being vulnerable to communicate in a compassionate way what it is that you are feeling so that you can let go of any emotional energy that could otherwise produce the opposite of wellness. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And thank you again to Dr. Parker for being on the show. I'm Alia, your host of What's Wellness Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, or requests, please send them at your girl, either on Instagram at aliayoga or to my email, alia at aliayoga.com. And don't forget to check out Alia Yoga classes on YouTube. You spell my name A-H-L-I-A. Something that I'm really grateful for right now is being able to connect virtually. There are so many tools with technology today that are helping us to remain connected, to stay uplifted and inspired by one another. With that, I'll be back next week with another fresh episode for you. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be well.